Hey, Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our new website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans, and welcome to episode number 65 of the Peristyle Podcast. I guess that's retirement age, Coach, but we are not retiring. We're pressing on. Uh, Today is May 13th, 2009. We have a really exciting podcast for you this week. Coach Harvey High, that I just mentioned, he is back, uh, back on the phone. We will talk to him in the first segment. We're also going to talk to uscfootball.com beat writer Dan Wyke. USCfootball.com recruiting analyst Gerard Martinez. We're going to talk to the uh, head of the Trojan Football Alumni Club, uh, Tim Lavin. He's going to talk about an exciting uh, golf tournament they have coming up with that. If you have any questions or comments, we're going to get to some of those today. You can always drop us an email. Podcast at USCfootball.com is our email address. And as promised, we have Coach Harvey Hyde in the first segment. Coach, how are you doing, man? Ryan, I'm doing pretty good. I've been on secret assignment, but I'm back now (laughs) and... uh, you know, everything's worked out good. That way we can do our show today. And I sort of missed it last week. But, uh, you know, sometimes you got to have a bye week. And I guess you can say secret assignment or bye week or whatever. But I'm back. I want to thank you. I uh, hope you had a happy Mother's Day with everybody. And everybody out there had a happy Mother's Day with their mother. And and uh, and here we go. We're into almost the summer months. Or, you know, I don't know how you say it, but it seems as though colleges get out earlier, earlier, and early. When I went to school, we used to get out about the end of June with our finals. Now it's May, and uh, in some schools, it's the first week of May. So it seems so either the school year's getting shorter, or the <laughs> summer's getting shorter, right? Or the summer might be getting long. I don't know, yeah. but Longer, one well. or the other. <laughs> uh, Coach, we do appreciate it, and we're sorry we didn't have on last week. And I mentioned this at the end of the show real briefly. I'll just do it again. Um, I had a Coach and I told you a little bit about this, and I felt bad. We we had scheduled a time to meet up with Coach and talk on the podcast, and I ended up going for a friend's birthday party to the uh, Price is Right, uh, which tapes you know in L.A. and uh, ended up getting called up on stage and doing pretty well. So it was um it was an interesting day. So a lot of stuff happened. I didn't get to finish the podcast the way I wanted to. I got I think I did it. I don't remember if we did. I think it did the following morning, did it Thursday morning. So I do apologize for that, but we have Coach back on this week. And if you want to see me on TV, Coach, May 21st is when the episode is going to air. So you can uh, check check out what I did on The Price is Right. You know, I already have it on my calendar, but the time, is it time 9 a.m.? It's uh, L.A. It's 10 a.m. on Channel 10 2. 10 a.m. I better change that right now. Yeah. If you... Because I'm not going to miss you on my set. Okay. I'll tell you what. I got to watch you in action, okay? <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's uh, it was the craziest day of my life, but it was pretty it was pretty fun. So, we do apologize for that. And I wanted to thank our sponsor for the first segment, Southern California Tickets, sctickets.com, 1-800-888-7287 if you need tickets for concerts, the theater, sporting events, the Lakers go up 3 to 2. They could be uh, playing in the Western Conference Finals and of course the NBA Finals if you need t- NBA Finals if you need tickets for that. You give SC tickets a call. You go. You go to any Laker games, Coach? No, I have not gone to any Laker games. I've been traveling a lot, doing a lot of things, and getting ready for football season. And 
I'm on a lot of uh, charity organizations now that are getting ready for summer, and we're organizing things and parties and fundraisers and this and that. And I just haven't had a chance, but I watch it on television, and uh, I enjoy it as a basketball fan. And uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and it's uh, it's been helpful for me. I'm just more stuff that's been happening. Uh, the other day, coach, I was playing an indoor volleyball league. Some guy came under the net when I was blocking him. Uh, I did block him, so I did. You know, but then he came under the net, and I landed right on his foot, twisted my ankle real bad. So the first time, I don't think I've ever even sprained an ankle before, and I'm on crutches and stuff now. So I've been hobbling around. But I had to hobble upstairs to get to the studio so I could talk with you, Coach, and uh, wanted to get to a few of these questions that, that we didn't get to get to last week because, obviously, of what we said. Is that, is that all right with you, Coach? Now, you know what? I really think it's important that, first of all, our listeners keep sending the questions in. And I was talking to Ryan off the air about this, and I said, we want to get to your questions. So I said, Ryan, let's do them right at the beginning of the show so people know that we care, and we'll try to answer them for them. So send them in, and we'll get to them, I promise you. Go yeah. ahead, Ryan. Yeah, podcast at uscfootball.com is the email address. Uh, last week, Coach, we actually had an audio question someone sent in. We really like those. We can hear your voice, and it's kind of fun to uh, do that. So if you want to record a question, you can always send that in as well. Uh, all right, well, let's get to the first one. It's from Justin, and uh, he wants to know, in your opinion, are there any players by USC that were drafted that you think could make an immediate impact on a team and possibly make a, a difference in a Super Bowl? And he gave an example of Steve Smith. And obviously, Coach, it's kind of hard to predict who's going to make it to the Super Bowl, but what, what do you think – any of the guys that, that USC was drafted, who do you think is going to make the most immediate impact? Well, uh, let, me, let me tell you. First of all, let's congratulate USC for the number of players they had drafted. They had 11 players drafted, and I certainly do think there are some players that can make an, any, uh, an uh, immediate impact. In fact, what would you think if I told you that I think every single player that got drafted uh, from the USC roster will make the team. What do you think of that? That's uh, That'd be impressive. I think you got a good shot, especially with eight guys on defense there. I think that really helps. No, I really think it's going to happen. Uh, Pat Turner went a little bit higher than I thought, but congratulations to him. He had a good combine and workout and so on. So I'm happy to see him have that opportunity to play in the NFL with Miami. And guess who his position coach is down there? Who, who's, who's coaching him, Coach? Gosh, across town, the former head coach at UCLA. Can you believe that? Carl Durrell is his uh, receiver. Ah, interesting, interesting. Isn't that interesting for everyone? So we'll see what happens with that. But I'll tell you, I think there's a lot of players out there to make an impact. First of all, uh, Beeler, the outstanding kicker, I, I think that Dallas got a find here. I really do. He puts the ball in the end zone. Field position is so important today on any level of football. So, you know, if you can put the ball into the end zone and he has that ability, then, uh, you know, when your defense goes on the field, normally it'll be on the 20-yard line. And someone has to make a big player drive a long ways to, to uh, make a touchdown. Plus, I think he's a very accurate field goal kicker, and I think he'll make an impact with the Dallas Cowboys. Allison, I've always felt number four was a great player. Now, he didn't have great times in the 40-yard dash. That might have hurt him, but, hey, this guy can play, and I'm going to tell you, he will play on special teams. He will play uh, with the Chargers. Uh, he will really, I think, make an impact. He will make an NFL team somewhere, and he'll play a long time. He'll be a role player, and eventually somewhere he may fit in and be a starting player. I really believe that. He was injured a, a year or two at SC, and I think he's a great player, and I think he'll make a great impact. I tell you, he made a lot of tackles. He hits hard, and 
I think he's a great player. Um, I'm trying to think now, but I'm trying to think of all the players got drafted. Oh, yeah. goal with this. What do you think about uh, some of the linebackers like Ray Maluga or Kaluka Mayava, Brian Cushing, stuff like that? Well, I, I really think that uh, both Matthews and Cushing have a chance of starting. Uh, they're great players. Uh, they, they, they. Uh, I think uh, Malaluga has a great chance of starting too, and I think, and I think he has something to prove uh, with the Bengals. They need a backer. They need help on defense. Playing next to Rivers, Rivers and him are good friends and teammates. He will help him through a lot of the techniques that are necessary that Ray needs to work on as far as being a great NFL player. You know, there's no problem with Ray's toughness. He's just got to be able to not play. Uh, so angry, and he's got to be more in control on playing, and he's got to work on his drops in the NFL for pass coverages and so on. But I think that with Rivers there, I think that's going to be great playing next to someone that you played with at SC for so long. Coach, so yeah, one, think, one quick thing on that. I mean, the, the big knock on, on Ray was, and you could see this if you just watched him, sometimes he'd run himself out of plays and just not be in the right spot. And, you know, Coach Norton, I think everybody likes him, but he's he is an inexperienced coach. Do you think having maybe a more experienced like position coach in the NFL would kind of help Ray do that, like get him in the right spot so that he can make more plays that way? No, no, I don't think so. I think, first of all, I think Coach Norton is as good a coach as you can find. I mean, he coaches on every down. He's a great linebacker coach. I'm telling you, players love to play for him. And, you know, I would tell you if he wasn't, okay? You know me. One thing I do is I give an honest opinion you when do. I ask a you question. You do. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you, he could always be on my staff. I love that guy. I just love his enthusiasm. I love his toughness. He comes ready to play himself, and his linebackers play his personality, which is go get him. Let's make every play. They can't beat us. There's no way. Give him an extra down, whatever it takes. And, and I think that, you know, Ray's just got to learn to play. He plays – uh, angry. He plays uh, fiercely. How, how can I should I say this? He plays like he wants to hurt you. He plays very aggressively, and he needs to control all of those things to make himself a great middle linebacker. And he can do that, but sometimes it's very hard to change a personality of a kid. And I think that's what you're doing with Malaluga. You got to change his personality a little bit, not to just be a killer, and that's the way he plays. In the NFL, otherwise, he's just going to play on first and second down. Or on long yardage situations, he's going to come out of the game. But you've got to have the feeling of where to drop and how to watch your receivers and all of this to go along with it. Now, Chris Gallippo, who is next year's middle linebacker for USC, has his feeling. He, and I think Chris is going to be a great player in the, at the middle linebacker position for USC because guy, he has a feeling of – being able to react to the play and he has great drops. Maybe he's not a toughest player, but he certainly has all the feelings of being a great linebacker instinct, you call it. He's got the linebacker instinct. Now, I think Ray will eventually have to, uh, have to control his aggressiveness and pursuit angles and, and all of those things to be a great linebacker in the NFL. But, you know, it's hard to change a personality of a player. He's a, he's a known hitter. He's what you call a kamikaze type of player. And and sometimes you can get away with it, but you got to play in control, you know? No, that makes sense. And uh, yeah, you don't want to make him into something like a read player if he's more of a react player and take away some of the stuff that makes him special, I guess. I mean, that's, uh, you might lose a little bit on certain plays, but he makes up for in other plays. Right. You're exactly right. I, I, I agree with that a hundred percent. He's a big play guy. 
But then again, he can make a mistake and someone can make a big play on him. You know what I mean? Sure, certainly. All right. Uh, so anyone else? What about uh, like Mark Sanchez? Mark Sanchez, I think, uh, will make a real impact on the city of New York. Now, uh, I'll tell you one thing. He's had more press since he's been in New York than Eli Manning has with the Giants. I'm, I'm telling you, the guy's personality, he's outgoing, he's ready to play football, he's learned his playbook. I mean, when he arrived in New York, he walked into the draft room there, and everybody clapped and applauded him. He threw out the first pitch at a Met game. I mean, he's been everywhere. Uh, he, uh, I'm surprised he hadn't gotten the key to the city. <laughs> I, I, I really am, and, and everybody will recognize him everywhere he goes. And where he's going to make a lot of money. Now, I don't believe he signed his contract yet. Or I don't know what that's going to be. But where he's going to make his money is appearances and sponsorships in a great city like New York. Remember, that's why Eli Manning wanted to go there, not San Diego, because of the potential of the marketing of Eli Manning in New York. Well, right now, Eli Manning's going to have a rival with Mark Sanchez. His personality, his ability to play football, you know, and I was one that was pretty critical when he came out, if you remember. I was very emotional, like Coach Carroll was. I was hoping he would say another year at USC, because I knew definitely the Trojans would be able to challenge in for a national championship. Not that they can't this year, because I really think they've had a great spring. But as the process continued and the other quarterbacks, Tebow and Bradford and McCoy stayed in college, he turned into a key person in the NFL draft. And, and I think he really made a good move and yeah. a smart move for himself. I, I really do. So, And he's been very impressive. He worked out for everyone in every combine in any way possibly. At the combine, he did every single drill. Mostly quarterbacks never do that. He did all the shuttles, the vertical leap. He did the 40. I mean, most guys are prima donna type of guys. He wasn't a prima donna. He went out there and, and did what he needed to do to prove to all the NFL teams that he's a winner. He's the type of, the guy, the type of guy that his personality indicates when he gets fired up and jumps up in the air and runs to the sidelines and and I think you, that's a rare commodity today uh, in the NFL or at the quarterback position. You normally have a chess player at quarterback, a guy that's more calm and collected. Look at Manning, the Manning brothers. Very calm, very few facial expressions. Uh, I mean, just look around the league, Roma, all of them. They're, you don't see them getting overly emotional, emotionally involved. Now, Mark's the type of guy that will run around with the players, go to their homes, have barbecues at his house. He'll do all these type of things, and, and he'll be known for this, and he'll be loved for this, and guys will play harder for him. And, and I think uh, he did the right thing now. I'm happy for him and his family. Uh, in fact, when he was drafted, the entire family had all of the Jets hats and jerseys on and so on, so you know the city of New York loved him. So I just think he did a great job, and, and he's a great PR type of guy, and he's going to make millions in New York. I bet you before it's over with he has his own talk show in New York on radio. Wow. <laughs> He's got the personality for it. I wouldn't uh, couldn't disagree with you there, coach. Right. Yeah, no. Well, it, you could you could argue he's already made an immediate impact. I mean, the Jets fans are always well represented at the draft and they loved that pick. There's just always so many picks where you might be a good player but he's not well known and Mark Sanchez brings that name recognition and his personality like you said. So it'll be Definitely it'll be fun to watch him. But th thanks for the question there, Justin. That was more of a topic, Coach. Uh, I guess if they want to, if people want to email us topics, because it is the off season, we're going to talk about that a little bit. 
I guess they can email in some topics if they would like us to talk about it, too. We don't mind talking a whole segment on something if uh, if that's okay with you, Coach. No, anything. If we can't answer it, I'll tell you I don't know what it is. Okay. I don't know what the answer is. Uh, but if I can, I'll give you my honest opinion. Okay. Uh, here's a question um, from David. He wanted to know um, – uh, you know, he wanted a, an evaluation of Aaron Corp's arm. He said um, it didn't seem to him like the ball – stayed in the air a long time, especially on uh, sideline patterns. And this kind of ties in with the last question. Is he, is he unfairly comparing Aaron Corp to Mark Sanchez as far as arm strength goes? Well, uh, let me put it to you this way. Um, you know, it's, it's, yes, it is unfair to compare him right now with Mark Sanchez. Uh, I think you should compare him on how uh, he improves and how he understands the offense and so on. He's got quite a challenge on his hand with Matt Barkley, who's come along and really surprised a lot of people. His ball probably right now yet isn't as, as strong, uh, but I think that as time goes on and confidence comes with it, your arm gets stronger. When you're sure on your reads and when you're sure on the pass you're throwing, you know, you throw it a lot better with a lot more authority and a lot more confidence. Right now he's still learning his receivers and their moves and so on, and you know, he's going to be more of a quarterback that can scramble around, and I think USC will spend, and I hope they do spend some time on breaking from their routes, normal routes, when he starts to go on the move, run on the move, to come back to the football or, or get to the open area where there'll be some huge plays made because him with his running ability now can start to run, and when the receivers come off of the routes and go to the open area, and that's going to be very dangerous and very hard to stop. So I'm sure they're going to work on a lot of scramble patterns where where the, the blocking may break down. He starts to run, then looks down the field, and the receivers change the originally called route and break back to the ball or run to the open area where he can find them. So he has a lot of attributes and a lot of positive things that maybe Mark doesn't ha- did couldn't do, like Mark couldn't do that. But then Mark had the uh, ability to be a leader and an outgoing type of guy and and uh, adapt and, and, and play three games as a, as a what was a sophomore uh, when Booty got hurt and, and get some game experience there. So Aaron doesn't have that. But Aaron's a winner. And Aaron is, is a type of guy that has his own game. And I think he's going to be really good for SC. I think he's going to bring SC a lot of different things. His ball... The nose of his ball sort of is down a little bit on the throw. Barkley throws a harder ball, but that doesn't mean it's a more accurate ball. So uh, so I would say that Aaron is going to be fine. I don't think it's fair to right now compare him with Sanchez, but Sanchez was a more developed quarterback and a year older and so on. But I think Aaron's going to bring a different game to USC that I think the fans are really going to like. And I think we're going to see a lot of big plays off of broken plays. But when the pass blocking breaks down and he starts to scramble and, and SC works on a lot of broken routes, which I hope they do, and I'm sure they will because they know they should do that, and uh, we'll see some plays that maybe weren't uh, going to be great plays become great plays. All right, Coach, thanks uh, to you. Thanks to David for answering that question. And, again, podcast at uscfootball.com. Just email us if you have any more questions. And uh, last thing before we let you go, Coach, just wanted to kind of talk about, I mean, May for me, when people talk about, how busy my schedule is. May is usually the most, uh, the quietest time for me. I mean, finals are finishing up, I believe today, maybe tomorrow at USC. So players are finishing up their finals. They got a little bit of time off. 
uh, coaches have been out recruiting during their May evaluation periods, and then the players will get back to their you know workouts uh, in June. They can do voluntary stuff now, uh, but they'll get. I think June eighth is when they start their their you know workout regimen with Coach Carlisle, and it's basically at that point you're getting ready for fall camp. They go through entire summer workouts. They'll start throwing the ball again around and stuff like that. But you know, right now is kind of a slow time. Uh, but you know, you were a coach, and the the, the coaches have. The coaching rules have changed because Pete Carroll and other head coaches aren't allowed to do go out and evaluate you know high school players spring football right now. But I guess kind of just talk about what what was this time like for you? Like after spring football, the classes were ending and stuff, but it wasn't really you weren't really into the summer workouts yet. What what kind of time was this for you as a coach, and what, what kind of stuff goes on? Well, it was a very busy time for me, you know, before I, you know, they changed that rule. I know Pete Carroll didn't like that rule. I don't like that rule either. He called the coaches lazy that voted this rule in where the head coach can't go out on the, in spring recruiting. And I think that's very true. It was a lot of the coaches go out and play golf and do all of this and that head coaches and their assistants go out. But I didn't do that. And Pete Carroll's not that type of coach either. But I, I feel as though it's a time of year that's very important because your academics now is coming in. You have your, uh, your academic uh, advisors and so on, they have to evaluate every single player to make sure that these players are eligible in the fall. Not that, you know, uh, that they're not going to be and they haven't done well on their grades, but you have to make sure, which means all the grades have to be collected. They have to be added up to make sure you have enough units and so on. And in some cases, a, uh, a student has dropped a class or whatever, and, and knowingly, not out without the academic advisors knowing this, but they got to make sure they get enrolled in their summer school classes to make sure that they're working towards graduation and they have the number of units that are necessary to be eligible for the coming fall. Sometimes you always say so you always hear so and so is not allowed to practice until the grades are posted, this and that and so on. So it's a very busy time of the year as far as on the academic side, but you're doing your programming for the next year. You're making sure all your student athletes are eligible. You're making sure they're getting in summer school classes so that they don't have to miss the uh, fall day practices or spring practice with afternoon classes. So that that's your main objective right now as far as a coach with your current athletes. You want to make sure they're all academically eligible, they're all in their classes before you start your summer workouts. Now, it's always it's always a goal of you as a head football coach and a coaching staff to have all your players remain on campus during the summer months. In the past, uh, a lot of the players went home. It was their chance to go home and so on, but you really don't want that now. You really want your students to stay, athletes to stay on campus, uh, go to summer school, which you can pay for, work towards their academic degrees so that they get units ahead, and also then work on your summer workouts together. That means lifting weights, working on techniques, throwing the ball around, becoming familiar with new plays and so on, looking at videos in the coaches' offices during the summer, and just not getting away from the game. Because a lot of times you get away from the game and you forget it and you get fat, and you go swimming or you get injured doing some type of sport or something, and then you, you, you're not ready to play. But in the fall when you come back, I mean, you've got – You've got so many days just to get ready to play. And, of course, SC is going to be challenged uh, by Ohio State the second game, September 12th. And don't think they won't be challenged by uh, Tomei at uh, San Jose State, the coach there. That, that, that's their bowl game. San Jose State will have their bowl game the first game of the year in the Coliseum. That's the biggest thing that's going to be happening 
to San Jose State, and they're not going to be intimidated by SC. They're going to look forward to playing SC. You know, they play Stanford and Cal every year. They play Washington. They play a lot of those type of games, and they really haven't played USC for a long period of time, but it's going to be a real challenge. They're going to bring their game, and it's going to be the first game for a lot of starters for USC. So these players have to spend time familiarizing themselves and, and so on and getting ready to put their game face on and so on and play. Next year is going to be so important that SC brings a consistent weekly game, not allow it to be up or down because they're going to be good, but they should be getting better every week. You can't afford to have a down down week next year because you could get beat. So, um, I think they're going to have a great year, but there's a lot to do uh, in making that happen. And it all starts, uh, you know, it already started, but it'll just continue. Nothing will change. The coaches are out now recruiting. The players are working on their academics and getting scheduled and start their summer workouts. And normally the month of July is the month that the coaches take some time off, the month of July before they come back to camp. Yeah, it seems like that's a recruiting dead period. And uh, USC, for people that don't know, don't know, USC has actually two six-week summer work, uh, summer tracks for academics. So, um, you know, finals finish up, and then they start. I think classes start again with next week or something pretty quickly, and then six weeks go by, and then they have another six-week one. So I think it's a good time, too, for a lot of the student-athletes to get out there and take some classes if they had to drop one and, you know, they were low on units, they could take another class or two over the summer and just kind of help with their overall academic progress. Right. You know, I'm a little disappointed. My dog walked through there a minute ago <laughs> and didn't bark. Oh, and well, okay. uh, I don't know if she's on a bye week or what, but, <laughs> you know, normally everyone says, tell me about your dog. She just sort of strolled through, took a look at me, and just kept going. That sort of disappointed me. So I thought she'd want to say hi to everybody. Uh, that's a, Well, you know, next week we go one podcast without the dog barking. That's okay. No problem on that, Coach. <laughs> well, maybe she'll come back. Yeah, all right. Well, <laughs> Coach, I appreciate it. Um, thanks very much. And, uh, again, you have podcast at uscfootball.com. Thank you for your questions. We'll answer more. We've got a bunch of recruiting questions questions coming up later in the show and if you have some topics and we're open for ideas and we like to coach we'll talk about you know we'll preview some of the different games and stuff I mean, we got a long off season we got a lot to talk about but if any of the fans out there want some topics for us to discuss i mean we're definitely open to doing that so just drop us an email and uh we'll we'll take that under consideration and, and bring it up as a topic and coach thanks again for joining us sorry i missed you last week but hopefully we'll have you on the next several weeks in a row Ryan, I can't wait for next Thursday. I can't wait. 10 o'clock, 10 a.m. Yes. The price is right. <laughs> can't wait to see you on that. It's going to be a lot of fun. It, but I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it next Wednesday and stuff. But thank you very much, Coach. And uh, you know, thanks to our sponsor, Southern California Tickets, sctickets.com. Everyone else, we're going to have a real quick 30-second break, and we'll come back talking more USC football. Meet us on the other side of the break for more of the Peristyle Podcast. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287. 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287. Or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. We now return to the Peristyle Podcast and your host, Ryan Abraham. 
Welcome back to the Peristyle Podcast. In our second segment, as promised, we have uscfootball.com beat writer Dan Weike joining us. What's up, Dan? Ryan, it's a pleasure to be in your house today. Yes. He's Thanks for opening the door. In studio. I try not to let Dan come into the house all that much. And uh, we also have a very special guest for the first time on the Peristyle Podcast. Uh, if you went to USC around the time I did back in the late 80s, early 90s, you might know this name, Tim Lavin. He is a former... USC football fullback. He was a walk-on, and he ended up getting a scholarship under head coach Larry Smith. And right now, he's the president of the Trojan Football Alumni Club. Tim, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. All right, yeah. So uh, we we got to talk a little bit before we went on the air. Found it really interesting the story. I mean, I didn't know that you were. You know, we emailed a few times, but I didn't know you were at school the same time I was. That you went back. You were at school what eighty-eight to ninety-one or so. Eighty-eight to ninety-one, and then graduated in the fall of ninety-two. Oh, I'm fair. sorry. In the in um, in the spring, in May of '92. May of '92. All right, and uh, you, you know, a lot of publicity came to uh, Clay Matthews and some other guys that have walked on the team and done well for themselves. Obviously, Clay Matthews has done really well. Um, you were one of those guys too that came on as a walk-on and then ended up earning their, themselves a scholarship as time went on. You want to you mind telling that story real quick? Yeah, um, it was kind of a, a fun deal. I, I had a fairly successful high school career and really felt that I could excel at the Division One level. And my, you know, my heart and and soul was into playing Division One. And and I did not get any scholarship offers. I was a tailback at Chaminade High School in the San Fernando Valley, West Hills, and and uh, I was determined to play. And and most people told me, you know, don't be a uh, a big fish in, in uh, they, you know, they said, be a big fish in a little pond. Don't, don't go to USC. You'll never see the light of day. And for some reason, that just inspired me to want to go there even more. So I, it was probably a stupid idea, but I, I decided to walk on. They made me a fullback the first day I stepped on campus, and I had a lot of uh, weight to gain. I was probably 30 pounds lighter than the other fullbacks uh, coming out of high school as a tailback. And uh, just basically lived in the weight room and uh, in study hall. I want to make I want to point that out. Lived in study hall. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I just worked you know as hard as I could, and I knew my back was against the wall because I knew that the scholarship guys would get every opportunity in the world to succeed, and the walk-ons were the guys who were destined for scout team for four years or five years, and that was not going to be my path. And uh, after my first year and a half um after after my second physical year of being there uh my fellow teammates guys like junior Seau and mark carrier and tim ryan all guys who had prolific careers in the nfl um they came up and told me hey you know you you're not just you know your ordinary walk-on scout team guy you know you're not rudy from uh, <laughs> notre dame you, you you have a viable athletic ability that you should actually be playing on saturday and, and I believed them, and I went up to Larry Smith, and I pleaded my case, and I said, I think I've proven myself. And, and he gave me one last opportunity and told me to go through, through spring football, and I did. He said, uh, if you prove yourself in spring football, I'll put you on scholarship, and if you don't, I'll help you find another school. And I shook his hand, and I said, you got a deal. And I went through spring ball, and in the last scrimmage of the year at the Coliseum, I ended up uh, outrushing Ricky Irvins, who was Rose Bowl MVP four months earlier. I do remember that, and, yes. <laughs> uh, Yeah. And, uh, you know, in the next day in the paper when they were writing about it, they're all, some guy by the name of Tim Lavin or something or other, I don't know, he's a walk-on. He was the leading rusher. You know, <laughs> it, was, it was quite comical. But anyway, I went up to Larry Smith. He said, congratulations, I'm putting you on scholarship. So from that point on, I was put on every single special team, kickoff, kickoff return, punt, punt return. 
and um, and then I moved my way up the depth chart from from scout team to fourth to third to second string uh, fullback, and then my senior year uh, at fullback, we did a lot of power eye, which was something that really SC had not done in ages, and we we had three backs in the backfield, so I I got quite a bit of playing time as as the uh, third back in the backfield during uh, the 1991 season. So that's a pretty meteoric rise. How about the meteoric rise, I guess, to the to the head of the Trojan alumni? Trojan, Trojan football alumni. I'm sorry, club. Trojan football alumni club. Um, how did I get there? Yeah, I mean, like, you, you know, did you win an election? Or did you, yeah. you, you defeat Mark Carrier <laughs> in a, a runoff lottery, or something? And unfortunately, my number was picked. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, uh, after SC, I did, I did um, luckily, I got two, I got two tryouts uh, in the NFL that did not pan out, unfortunately. Uh, I had a trial with the with the 49ers and then one with the Raiders, and uh, it was kind of like, thanks very much, don't call us, we'll call you. Um, I know how that goes. I was excited that I had the opportunity and, and nonetheless. Um, and then, you know, I kind of uh, took a sabbatical from football, if you will. I was bummed out. My, my playing days were over. I ended up moving to the Bay Area for a job, and uh, I kind of stopped watching USC football. I ended up stopped watching college football altogether for about four or five years. Hmm kind of something that um, I think a lot of sports people might understand when their personal career is over, you might go through this time period where you're kind of feeling withdrawn and, and, and you're sad that it's over. You didn't want it to be over. And, you know, there's no minor league in football. I couldn't go to single A, double A, triple A in football like you can in baseball. So yeah. when you're, when, when you give it your all and, and it ends, it's over. Um, so I stopped. I kind of stepped away from SC altogether, and I was up in the Bay Area for about eight years. And when I moved back to Orange County about four years ago, I got a phone call from the Trojan Football Alumni Club asking me to come to a board meeting. And I thought, gosh, I don't know anybody. I'm from the San Fernando Valley. I don't know anybody in Orange County other, other than my fiance at the time. Um, I would love to meet some people. So I started going to Trojan Football Alumni board meetings. And I was one of the youngest guys there. In fact, at the time, four years ago, I was the youngest guy coming to the board meetings and, um, you know, over, you know, the next few months, I listened to these guys and I said, wow, you know, this is a, an awesome group of guys that has so many connections to so many different things. We should really take this to the next level. I think a lot of the older guys, guys in their 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s, um, who are still involved on the board, a lot of them, you know, have not come into the computer age. They have, you know, they, they don't have email addresses and they don't, you know, study the internet. And I said, you <laughs> they know, don't, they don't listen to the podcast, Tim. Tim, they're, they're not listening to the podcast at all. You don't think? They're not listening to the podcast. <laughs> so I tried to get them into the year 2005, 2006, 2007. We got a really nice website up and running now, Trojan Football Alumni. Uh, trojanfootballalumni.com um, and uh, you know we're taking baby steps but we're we're growing leaps and bounds and we still have a lot of work to do but um, because of all the energy I put into the club and I was so excited these older guys were like wow Tim's doing a lot you know and this is great let's make him treasurer uh, you know let's make him secretary let's make him you know president elect and you know within three years uh, my my time came up and you know and at the end of 2008, they said, you, you're going to be president next year. So, all right, here we go. <laughs> so now so, you're the supreme dictator of the Trojan Football Alumni Club. Listen to Bert. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. So now I guess the, the, the beauty of not only being president of the club, but they also asked me to be the chairman of the golf tournament, which is 
what led me to you guys here today. Right. So that's I, I, that's what we really are have you on for. We wanted to talk about the uh, the golf tournament. Uh, we exchanged a few emails, and you know, I, I'd love for you to be able to describe kind of what the golf tournament is to everybody. And just I want to let people know that we are going to send uh, Dan Weike, our beat writer. He's going to go out there and, and write a nice story on the golf tournament and take some pictures and stuff to kind of give you a feel for it. But you really want to get out there and do it in person. You want to get out there and meet some of these Trojan football alumni greats and uh, you know check it out and see what it's like. But, Tim, if you could describe for the people what it was and give them some information on how they could sign up for it. This year it's at Industry Hills. Um, right by, uh, I think the nearest freeways are the 57 and 60. Industry Golf Course uh, completely renovated their both course, golf courses, and in the middle of it, they have a beautiful, I don't know, seven or eight story hotel called the Pacific Palms Resort, and inside it looks like a resort, and that's where we're going to have the dinner afterwards. Um, the gentlemen that are that are involved in the whole ownership of it, uh, Ed Roski, which a lot of people may know, is. It's an SC alum, and he is spearheading the NFL stadium uh, being built in Industry Hills that we all hope comes to fruition, which would be fantastic to get a, a, a an NFL football team in Los Angeles. So um, because of his connection, we felt that it would be great to, to start having our golf tournaments there and keep it in the Trojan family. Um, and it's next Friday, uh, 10, what, I don't know, 8, 10 days from now, uh, Friday, May 22nd. Uh, at Industry Hill, such a shotgun start at 11 a.m., uh, registration at 8.30. Um, we'll probably have about 120 to 130, 140 golfers out there. We're right, right about now we're at about 125 or so, and uh, we definitely have room for about three or four more foursomes until we cap out. Um, we don't want to have it too crowded because uh, obviously, you know, no one loves to be out there for six six hours. But, uh, <laughs> but that sounds like our last day. round of golf, actually, yeah. <laughs> something like that. So, I guess Either way, a- you're out there and you're having fun. Last year we had 24 former NFL Trojans out there, um, and this year we're expecting about the same. Um, guys that uh, people may know who played in the NFL and in some Super Bowls, Chris Hale, uh, Matt Willig, Pat Harlow, John Jackson, um, uh, Kurt Barber played for the Jets. Um, Rodney Pete is one of those guys who's a, who's a moving target. He said he's coming, and you know how his world is. He's so in demand that something could happen that he may not uh, be able to make it out. But as of right now, I believe he's coming. Um, we're trying to get Junior Sale out there, and uh, Coach John Robinson. Uh, he made it out there last year, and he's planning on being there this year. We almost got Norv Turner of the Chargers. You know, he coached at uh, at USC back in the 70s, so he's got a, a tie to SC, and uh, he really wanted to come. I spoke to him a few weeks ago, and he said, unless something comes up, I'm making my way up there. I'm going to that. I love Industry Hills. I want to play golf there. So um, we're, we're hoping that uh, – that he can play in the future, but a, a, a function came up that he can't make it. But we'll definitely have about 20 or so NFL, former NFL guys out there. And immediately after the golf, we'll have a beautiful dinner in one of the big ballrooms at the uh, Pacific Palms Resort. So if you're not a golfer uh, or you want to have your spouse jo- join you after uh, golf, you know, have them show up about 4 o'clock. We'll start uh, social hour, and they can – they can have a, a couple uh, adult beverages and, and bid on some silent auction items. And we have some wonderful live auction items. Uh, we have a trip to Ireland and New York and 
and uh, several other fun things. And uh, people can just kind of walk around and meet some great Trojans and get some autographs, uh, take some pictures, whatever you want. It'll be an awesome day. Tim, I think you bring up a good point. Um, this isn't one of those events where, you know, the the celebrity or the former Trojan players are all kind of huddled together and kept separate from the masses. I mean, this is a chance for, for USC fans to kind of get back in touch with the history of the program some, right? Right. Yeah. There's no, you know, isolation or VIP area. We're all together. Everyone, during registration, we're all in the same area. And, you know, you can go up and go, gosh darn it, I, I remember you, and I remember the game you played in, and Mike Garrett's going to be there, and, and he is just, he's so warm and inviting, and, you know, people think, my God, it's impossible to get in touch with Mike Garrett. Well, yeah, that's true, because he is running the athletic department, and he's a very busy guy, but on that Friday, he will be there, he'll be another golfer, and you can walk up to him and shake his hand and get your photo taken with him, and he's just, he's wonderful, and you can, you know, take your picture with any of the Trojans. They, they, they're really excited to interact with the general public. It is open to the general public. You don't have to be a former football player. Um, you don't have to be a USC alum. You can just be a, a USC fan or just a fan of golf and want to hang out and, and play golf with some former Trojans and come on out. It's open to all. All right, Tim. Thanks. Yeah, I'm really bummed. I, w- I would love to have come down. I just uh, hurt my ankle real bad. I'm in a huge boot right now, so I don't think I'll be better <laughs> by Friday. But I just want to warn you, like Dan and I go golfing you know, fairly often and you know, neither of us are all that great, but he has a tendency. I don't know if this is going to go creative well. Scorekeeping. Yeah. <laughs> creative scorekeeping. Creative scorekeeping. I think it's a good way to put it. So I just want to let you know you might want to watch out for him while you're down there on that next Friday. So when he gets a 10, it's really an automatic snowman. Yeah. <laughs> if he, yeah. Hopefully none of those. Hopefully I can eliminate those. Yeah. <laughs> sure, keep those to um, well, uh, Adam, I would say crutches. Crutches in a golf cart, and you can make it happen. Maybe I think you know? I'll just come down. If I got crutches, and you know, if I'm feeling better, I'm gonna have to come out there anyway, and just come out and uh, at least hang out and, and heckle Dan when he you know shanks all his shots and stuff. I'd well, love why to don't you? Uh, why don't you come and bring the camera, and we'll put you in a golf cart, and we'll have one of the former trainers pack you in ice and just sit on a golf cart and take pictures. I like and it. Drive around. That sounds like a huh? brilliant I mean, idea. Look, there's a will, there's a way, right? I, I think it's going to happen, Tim. And, uh, that, I just think <laughs> you should take a cortisone shot and suck it up. I mean, you're talking about all these, <laughs> exactly. these former f- football greats that are playing with, like, broken fingers and, you know, dislocated shoulders. This guy's got a turned ankle. Yeah. He yeah. won't get out there. Dude. Take off the boot. We'll tape you up and get out there. <laughs> that Stop sounds your good. Belly aching. All right, Tim. Well, what's the website again? All right, guys. What's the website? One last time for everybody. Trojanfootballalumni.com, and you can go on and click on the golf tab. Scroll down to register online. Click that, and you're off and running. Sounds all good. All right, Tim. Thank you so much okay, for your guys, time, and everyone. Thank you very much. All right, all we'll right. see you out there. Take care. Okay. So that was Tim Lavin, the president of the Trojan Football Alumni Club. And uh, I'm really jealous, Dan. I hope I can play by next Friday. We'll see. I'll see what my ankle's feeling like. But I'm going to watch you just in case you get you've that creative score. You've embarrassed yourself on the golf course enough lately, Ryan. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's okay. We can, uh, I think the boot's a little bit of a sham, actually, is you just want to go out there and spray golf balls into Mark Carrier's head uh, or do anything <laughs> like that. You know, might, He might come find you. So We'll see. All right. Well, that's cool. It's, Tim's a real nice guy. I didn't know his story. I was actually at school at the same time with him, so that's pretty interesting. Um, we have a little time left in this segment. I wanted to – this isn't a very pleasant topic, but I wanted to talk a little bit about Tim Floyd and all the allegations that have come out dun, dun, dun. in the media. And, it, you know, these aren't – we didn't hear, you know, we've heard about the O.J. Mayo stuff before, and there's some shady characters for sure. We talked about, you know, how shady the, the whole 
AAU programs and all that stuff can be in, co- in college basketball recruiting. It's just a, it's a different beast than football recruiting for sure. Yeah. But now there's some allegations specifically with Tim Floyd, and maybe you want to talk a little about that. Well, I mean, the allegations are that he gave one of OJ Mayo's kind of runners a thousand dollars in cash in Beverly Hills before the NBA All Star Weekend in Las Vegas, and I don't know. I mean, it's it's pretty ridiculous. It, I mean, it's it's a really ridiculous claim that a head coach would be either dumb enough or brash enough to be handing out envelopes of cash on the street in broad daylight, you know, in Beverly Hills of all places. I mean, you know, it's to me, to me that, that part of it kind of is a little, it's a little much. And then you can talk about to, you know, a guy like Lewis Johnson, who's the accuser, what his past is. And, you know, he's been convicted of some crimes and, and stuff like that. It, it's, it's a sketchy story. However, if you start to add all of these kind of allegations together, perception starts to become a problem when you look at, at the USC men's basketball program right now. Yeah, and I, I think you know the 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 issue here being everything's been kind of imploding in the last couple of months as it far hasn't as been good. No, as far as USC basketball goes, you know, players leaving, uh, big time recruits not coming. I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of smoke here, and uh, you know we're gonna have to wait and see what happens with the NCAA investigation and stuff like that. But these have been going on, you know, in the Reggie Bush case, they've been going on for years and years. And there, there's there seems to be a little something there, but it's hard to there's no one's really pinned down exactly what is going on. And you know this is the word of you know some people call you know a, a very shady character, I guess to say the least. Um, but you know that. You you got to look at what his motivation is, and yeah, he's he was a former inner circle guy of Mayo, and may feel scorned. Is this something he is making up to to get back, or is this something that he's telling the truth because he's scorned? I mean, there's who knows. I mean, it's hard to say what's going on here. Yeah, I mean, it's hard whenever you talk about a whistleblower's credibility. It's hard. I mean, look at Jose Canseco, a guy who years ago was was writing a book and made these outrageous steroid claims, and I don't think anybody in their right mind thought Jose Canseco was a good guy. No, or, or, you know, and he had a lot to gain by making those claims. Well, as it turned out, over time, those ridiculous claims—he's like, the most credible, like steroid sport, expert yeah. in the world. Yeah, he's like the <laughs> one guy who's telling the truth. It sounds like you know, and I mean, I mean it's almost like anything he says at this point, you kind of have to believe because he's told the truth so much. And in that, I mean, no one believed anything he said. So it, it's a good point. I mean, is just because the guy's shady does it mean that what he's saying is true or not? And you can't really tell. But the part of it. That that kind of rubs me the wrong way is is still the idea of Tim Floyd being out there by himself, giving out envelopes of cash. I mean that would, like I said, that you would either have to have such disregard for the rules, where I mean that's like something that would happen in Blue Chips. They were more subtle in the movie Blue Chips <laughs> than that. You know when when the when the one guy wanted to get his tractor, I'm sure they set, shipped it through a booster. It wasn't Tim Floyd driving it up to the guy's house, right? And that's essentially what this is. This is Tim Floyd hand delivering cash. I mean, if you're going to cheat, he was a runner for God's sakes, you know. I mean, find a middleman. It doesn't seem like that's something a head coach would do at this time. It seems especially suspicious. And I think another thing we were talking about at lunch too was how this kind of all ties into Renardo Sidney, who was a huge big-time recruit. I mean, a lot of guys, you know, have him a five-star guy, one of the best players in the country. Like an O.J. May or a Deron DeRozan. Or well, yeah, it was going to be a one-and-done guy more than likely. Well, you know, Renardo Sidney um, was leaning towards UCLA. UCLA backed off. He commits to USC. It's kind of a recruiting coup. You know, it's one of those things. But now all of a sudden, you know, there are these questions about Renardo Sidney and his father and his, and his AAU program and ties to shoe companies. A lot of red flags. Well, part of me thinks that 
the USC administration was aware that these allegations were made to the NCAA and, and were made to federal investigators about Tim Floyd hand-delivering cash, and they were, they were like, you know what, you can't take this guy right now. You know, you can't. And there have been reports out there that Tim Floyd still wanted him because he could help the basketball team. At this point, I don't know how you can take a guy like that, and th- this is going to hurt their recruiting. I mean, there are guys out there who have red flags who are illegitimate, like, you know, who haven't done anything wrong who've just been in kind of bad situations and maybe been around some of the wrong people. I don't know how USC can recruit these guys with Tim Floyd as the head coach right now because of that smoke you mentioned. Yeah, there's. I mean, with all that smoke, it's going to limit what he can do for recruiting, and he's been very good at getting some of those one-and-done guys in that are big-name guys, McDonald All-American guys that maybe haven't come to this kind of program before, but now with the rules in college basketball and, and the NBA, I mean, they're one-and-done guys – I, you know, there's you can argue how much they help, help or hurt the program. Yeah. Um, but if they're also questionable, then there's just too many. I mean, that's another red flag. You know, just being a one and done guy, even though you're a great player, that can be a red flag because you're going to leave the program in a year. What do you? You know, you're, you're not really building. You're kind of putting band aids on things as opposed to like you know a guy like you know we were talking about this before. Taj Gibson was a hot. You almost want a highly recruited guy like that that ends up being like a really good college player but not necessarily like the, the next coming of the NBA because then he'll stick around for three or four years and you get yeah. a really good college player for a long time. You can build around him. Like, wouldn't USC have been better off next year had DeMar DeRozan stumbled more down the, the stretch had he not kind of figured it all out and looked like this fantastic basketball player? If he was just kind of that raw athletic guy that he was for the first half of the season, if he had stayed like that and hadn't developed some, you know, I, he probably, you know, his draft stock isn't as high. He probably comes back, and you know maybe he comes back and figures it out for a full season, and he leads USC to a Sweet 16 or an Elite Eight. But that's not going to happen at this point. He's going to the NBA. No, that's a good point. But the only I think the only issue with that is just even when he was struggling, sometimes you know one, I guess one of the sayings that I heard and people talked about the only uh, only guy that could keep Michael Jordan under like 20 points was Dean Smith, and I think you know you still might get drafted, even though if he struggled for the whole year, like, you know, he didn't struggle, but he didn't have a great first half of the there season. There are holes like in this said. game that look like though. I, yeah. I mean, he looked like a timid ball handler. He looked like an unwilling shooter. I mean, those were things, but that he were still had flags. the potential. Oh, well, yeah. And I, I mean, think that would still get him drafted and still make money. And he would probably still go, uh, just cause that's what they're drafting on. Potential. But no, it's a good point. I mean, he could have stuck around and maybe that would change the way things are perceived now, but man, there's just so many, there was such a good high after they won the, the Pac-10 tournament. And then since then, it's just been kind of downhill fast. Yeah, I mean, you wonder at this point, again, why... I mean, Tim Floyd must be really committed to USC. I mean, that's one thing. I mean, because if I were in his shoes, I mean, if you had another job offer and you knew this stuff was hanging over you, it was one of the first things I actually thought when you know the Arizona job kind of looked like it was a possibility was that... You know, maybe the shoe's about to drop on the Mayo investigation, and maybe this is the right time for him to leave. Now, he's here, and if you're Mike Garrett, you're almost stuck with him at this point. I mean, you just re-upped him. You know, you just gave him an extension. You, I mean, you have to hope that these allegations prove false or at very best don't get proven at all, which is going to be difficult. It's going to be hard to prove this or disprove this either way. I know that's a big topic on the message boards right now is can you prove it, can you disprove it? Part of the problem is that at this point, you know, USC's not saying anything, and it's just out there in the news cycle, and people are going to talk about it. It's going to be on TV for the next few days, and it's going. There's almost a presumption of guilt. 
out there. You know, I mean, do you, do you agree with that? No, yeah, it's it's true. I mean, and I I don't think USC is allowed to say anything right now. Legally, well, they're allowed to, but the legal advice is that they don't. Yeah, so you know, you're gonna get that, and I. And this, you know, this is the last part of this I think we can talk about, but just it's compiled with some of the other things that have come up. And I think, you know, the the guy who maybe has the most to lose is Pete Carroll, where yeah. it's just it's even though he didn't do anything wrong, it's just adding more spotlights on these NCAA investigations that, you know, they don't seem to be going anywhere. But maybe if there's enough, you know, it's more smoke, I guess, if there's enough little circumstantial things, then maybe the NCAA will step in and do something. I don't know. But, like, it, you know, Pete Carroll seems like he's been pretty clean throughout this whole thing. But just having dirty stuff around you, I mean, that could that could do some damage to his program as well. Yeah, it could. Um, you know, obviously, I think it turns the lights up on the entire the entire athletic department. I mean, we're not we're not just going to stop at, at football and basketball here, too. There are other programs that could be affected by this because, you know, now all of a sudden you're looking into other improprieties. That, that potentially could have happened and other, I mean, you know, it's not just the profit sports that have these recruiting issues. I mean, it happens and happens in almost all, all, you know, collegiate sports. I mean, you wouldn't think that there's, you know, dirty water polo recruiting going on, right? but I'm sure there is, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure that there are violations. I'm not saying at USC, I'm just saying in general, I'm sure there are violations. And I think what this does is that it, it just adds that extra attention. It puts the wrong part of, of the university and the athletic department in the news cycle. And it's not, you know, we're not talking about USC being good right now. We're not talking about all the players who got drafted, and, you know, in the, in the NFL draft. Now we're talking about, you know, what could happen. We're talking about words like institutional control and, and you know, stuff like that. And you're giving columnists chances to write stuff about death penalties. And, I mean, it's scary stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, Dan, I appreciate uh, you joining us on the podcast. On a sober note. <laughs> I know. But I wanted to I'll, – I'll end on a light note. Uh, you know, Dan took me to my orthopedics uh, appointment today, which was really nice of him. Drove me over there. Hang on. He did a little shopping for his uh, clubbing or whatever he's got to do. Have a date. He has, he's got a date, whatever's going on there. And uh, it's funny. The doctor, uh, Dr. Huber, I think his name was, uh, it was in, over in Torrance. He was asking me what I do, and I was explaining it to him. He was like, oh, you're the guy on the podcast. He goes, that's your voice. And I'm like, that's pretty funny. So he had – I think he had gone on a ski trip or something and downloaded the podcast. He'd done a lot of work at USC and did some stuff with uh, the football team and worked with some of the USC doctors before. And he, So he was not a regular listener to the podcast. So Dr. Hoover, if you're out there, you know, you should listen to it every week. But he has listened to it, and he recognized me from that. So that, that was pretty funny. Too. Ryan, Ryan, your celebrity is ever-growing these days. <laughs> it's just it's, – it's pretty amazing. And a reminder to everybody, May 21st. Yes, we talked about that in the last segment, May 21st. May 21st. You can see Dan. Dan will be there as well, so you can see him on the uh, – I'll be, be, I'll, I'll be the goofy Drew Carey-looking guy who's like – I look like one-third of Drew Carey. Yeah, you'll be able to see him on there as well. But anyway, thanks, Dan, for the ride today, and thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Everyone else, quick break. We're going to talk some recruiting with Gerard Martinez. You are listening to the Peristyle Podcast from Los Angeles, California. Hey, USC Trojan fans, to get into the huddle of your Southern Cal Trojans, log on to uscfootball.com today for all the latest in Trojan football, basketball, and recruiting news. Ryan Abraham will give you an in-depth analysis, recruiting updates, and will answer your questions every day on the message board. So for all the latest in team and recruiting news on your USC Trojans, check out uscfootball.com, the officially licensed Southern Cal site of the Rivals.com network. It's time to get back to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. 
Welcome back to the Peristyle Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Abraham, and we are joined by USCFootball.com recruiting analyst Gerard Martinez. What's up, buddy? Nothing much. How are you doing with your swelled up ankle? Yeah, it's uh, it's great. I, I told Dan in the last segment the uh, the <laughs> the doctor, the orthopedist that I saw today. He he, rec- he said, "Oh, you're the guy from the podcast." <laughs> what? I swear, yeah, he, he's a guy, a doctor that worked with a bunch. Of, I think he did some work at USC, so he's not a huge like diehard fan, but he, he gets into it and he had listened definitely listened to the podcast. So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, well, if you listen to the podcast, he's a pretty big fan. He can put a, an ankle to the voice now. Yeah, for sure. And I got to go back and see him in a couple of weeks, so I'll, I'll see if he's listening to this or not. Um, so we got some questions, and uh, we figured we'll get to those. We got a, there's a lot of recruiting questions coming out of the woodwork. So if you don't mind, Gerard, we'll get right to them. Is that cool? Awesome. Bring them on. We want we want recruiting questions. It's uh, it's, it's a complicated process, so there should be a lot of questions. Out yeah, there. as always. All right. So the first one's from uh, G. Travis, and he said he's a lifelong Trojan fan, originally from New Jersey, now in South Carolina. And he wanted to know, he wanted an update on Devon's status. And I, I assume he's talking about Devon Kennard. Devon Kennard, uh, he's doing really well. Um, at this point, he feels that uh, he's not 100%, but if he had to play a game tomorrow, that uh, he'd be able to. So the knees come along well. Um, he's uh, back running and starting to cut and starting to do uh, a lot of football moves. And he feels by the time he actually gets to USC here June 22nd, uh, for the actual workouts uh, during the summer, that he's going to be 100% ready to go. So still a little stiff, um, getting used to it. There's going to be kind of a mental block there that he has to gain confidence in the knee and be able to put his weight on it. But at this point, the doctors have cleared him to go ahead and uh, play, and, and if he had to have contact, he could have contact. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, that's good news on Devonkinar. We'll check him out when he arrives at USC this June. Uh, this next question is from Assad and Torrance. We've had, uh, I think, one or two from Assad before. Thanks for sending in another one. Uh, three names he had. Offensive guard Nick Rowland, uh, linebacker Kari Fort, and quarterback uh, Dior Mathis. Just wanted to know USC's chances with those three guys. Well, USC's chances, I think, with Rowland at this point are low only because I don't know how hard they're really recruiting him. Um, he's a guy that could definitely come to one of the lineman camps, uh, maybe in the Rising Stars camp, but I think he's going to need an in-person evaluation before USC really gets serious about him. Um, Dior Mathis, USC's not really recruiting at this point. Uh, he's a little small, um, pretty, pretty fast uh, cornerback from Michigan, um, but not necessarily at this point a guy that seems high on their board. They look like they're looking at other places right now for cornerback. And uh, who was the third guy? Kari Fort. Kari Fort, the linebacker. Kari Fort. Now, Kari Fort's an interesting case because USC is definitely recruiting them, and they are kind of in a pull pattern as far as even offering them a scholarship. Now, from what I understand, um, you know, Kari's not a real easy guy to get a hold of. Um, <laughs> you know, his dad is actually a firefighter in uh, in Connecticut. So it seems like it's like they're not on the same page in terms of being able to kind of talk to him and the communication level has not necessarily been there. And But I've heard from Kyrie's side that they were kind of getting close to offering and they thought they were going to offer, but it just seems like it never went through. So uh, we have to try to get back with uh, Kyrie at some point and... 
that offers actually come through. But uh, for sure, uh, USC is definitely recruiting him. And he's a guy that I think that uh, down the line could end up coming in on an official visit. So uh, out of those three, Kari Fort's definitely the guy that USC's uh, got on their board and, and are looking at hard. All right. This one, next one's from Sam. We've had, we don't have to go into too much detail because we've talked about these guys before. Sean Parker out of Narbonne and, and Malcolm Jones. Um, I mean, you've mentioned Malcolm Jones a whole bunch of times. Parker, we keep getting updates. He seems to be getting offered by big-name programs just about every week. Yeah, all over the country. I mean, he's got a really, really long list of scholarship offers. Um, yeah, as far as chances go with those guys, um, you know, USC's going to have a shot with Sean Parker because he's tight with uh, Byron Moore. He's, he's very familiar with the program. I think he's comfortable with the program. Uh, the question is going to be, where does he fit in specifically in the defensive backfield? Is he actually coming in as a safety, or is he going to come in as a corner, or is he going to be kind of a hybrid like Byron Moore? You know, there can, you can find spots um, if you can play many spots, and Sean can. Sean can play corner, I think more of a field corner uh, as opposed to boundary corner. I think he can play free safety, and he can be a nickelback. Uh, but for him, he's got to look at the depth chart, and he's got to feel comfortable and feel like he can come in and play, and that may be something that steers him out of state. Cause I've heard a lot about that, and he may just feel like he wants another opportunity and, and maybe he wants to go a different path than Byron Moore. Um, so I, I think with him, you know, kind of a little bit up in the air. Uh, Malcolm Jones, that's a tough one. I think Stanford's in the lead. I think that uh, there's going to be some other schools that have come in for him. USC kind of really recruiting him more as a fullback at this point, and I think that kind of is the writing on the wall as far as his uh, interest in USC. Um, you know, he could be a big back as well, and I, I kind of like him more actually as a linebacker still. I think that uh, his body type and just kind of the way he moves, I think he would be better maybe a linebacker. He and Hayes Pollard, uh, six foot one, two hundred twenty pound linebacker from Crenshaw, kind of similar. Uh, the more linebackers I see at these combines and camps and going to these high schools during spring ball and watching practice, and we see a lot of guys at this point. Yeah, more I like Hayes Pollard. I mean, he's a guy that kind of was lukewarm on coming into the process for this 2010 class. But now, you know, watching other guys in coverage, specifically watching their instincts, you know, Pollard's really a good cover guy. He's, I've seen him a couple times, and we saw him specifically at the FBU camp where he was trying to guard guys like DJ Morgan. DJ Morgan's a legitimate track guy, and you know Hayes Puller kind of held his own, and and that's tough in those kind of situations, those kind of drills. So I like uh, I, I like Hayes Puller a lot, and I think uh, Malcolm Jones has similar abilities. I just don't know if he'd be quite the cover guy, uh, but in terms of overall with USC, it's going to be tough. I think there's other Pac-10 schools, and maybe even a national school that comes in and might have a lead for him. All right, and just so people know, if there's some, you know, we throw out a lot of names here. We try to give descriptions to all the guys where they're from where they play. But if you get confused, you can always go to uscfootball.com. Just click on the recruiting link, football recruiting, and there's a database there. You can look up all these different players. And Gerard does a really good job of putting up target lists, and he updates those about once a month or so, so you can get a lot of information there. So if you're not a complete recruitnik, and uh, you definitely check them out on uscfootball.com. we got descriptions and videos of all these guys. So uh, There's a plethora of information tons. about these guys all over the site and, and on the boards it gets even more specific and detailed and I mean the podcast is definitely a generalization of a lot of things you know we're talking and people ask specific questions so those people obviously know a little bit about those recruits but you know if you're not on the site and you're not on the peristyle and you're not you know into the database and watching film and whatnot obviously these names can go right over your head but that's the point I mean you got to get on the site and you got to be a premium subscriber and you really get a lot of information and you'll know these kids uh, front and back by the time it's signing Day. Excellent. All right. So uh, two more people we got questions from. We'll try to. We got to finish up fairly quickly. But Kevin, 
says he we do a great job. He loves the podcast. He always sends in a bunch of questions. Um, we'll get to this first one today. It's the uh, is USC recruiting any quarterbacks? Obviously, with Matt Barkley coming in, that's a big deal. And he wanted to know if guys like Jesse Scroggins or Pete Thomas were on the radar. Definitely on the radar, and they're definitely recruiting a quarterback. Whether they actually pull the trigger and grab a guy remains to be seen. You know, I mean, somebody's got to convince them, and it's going to really happen at one of the camps. I know at the skills camp here, uh, we talked to Jesse Scroggins and, and it, Scroggins, and it seems like it's going to be one of these deals where it's a little bit of a playoff or a scholarship offer. Uh, so there's probably five, maybe six guys in there that are going to show up to the skills camp, and those guys are going to be playing for a scholarship offer. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about that in the war room, maybe mention some names and some specific guys and, and who it might come down to. But uh, at this point, I mean, USC's definitely uh, it's in their plans at this point to uh, offer a scholarship offer to a quarterback and um you know but again you got to leave the door open a little bit if, if you know got six guys that go out there and nobody really impresses i you know i don't think they're necessarily going to be forced to to have to offer a quarterback even if they're not 100 percent comfortable with that so uh it's it's probable at this point i would say that much all right and that gerard mentioned the war room that's our feature we try to do it every friday we don't get every single one we got most of them most fridays it's uh all kinds of inside information on the USC program. Tons of recruiting, tons of team stuff. So check it out. Usually Friday mornings on uscfootball.com. One of the one of the main reasons a lot of people subscribe. They love checking out the war room. All right. So the uh, last guy we have one of your friends, Gerard Justin from England, London, England. He, awesome. Uh, I love the England. I, I just yeah, that's awesome. International that's, uh, questions from the podcast are great. You know, we this like is good. I mean, people are are detached from the program and uh, they want to follow, and I think that's awesome that they, they give that much effort that they're all the way across the pond, as they say, and they're still uh, checking out USC. Yeah, since his email came from so far away, we'll we'll get both of his questions in. First one, uh, Merrick Keith Ambles uh, has his stock cooled some since his impressive showing at the Army All American Bowl. Did you just call Mary Keith? What did I say, Mary Keith? Mark Keith, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, 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 I thought that's what you said. Mark uh, Keith, Mark Gamble, as, as, as his stock cooled, uh, cooled uh, so now you got me tongue-twisted, um, I don't know if I would uh, – that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I think that um, – He's definitely a good player, and he's definitely still being recruited. USC is actually going to go see him Friday. There's a little inside information for you guys. Um, and, you know, he's still up there. He's still a very good receiver. USC just offered Kenny Stills uh, from La Costa Canyon High School in San Diego, 6'2", 175. This is going to be interesting because Kenny Stills is a little bit of that Z flanker type. He's fast. He ran the 200 meters in 21.5. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, and that was kind of seems to spark USC's interest and really come forth with the offer because a lot of talk was they're going to wait for the camp and watch him at a camp and kind of evaluate him there and then maybe give him an offer. But they went early with it, and that's going to be a guy that you're going to have to watch because he really likes USC a lot. And, you know, the depth chart, again, could be something. But USC's going to lose receivers. They're really top-heavy right now uh, with that junior class. They've got like five, six receivers in that junior class. So they've got to recruit some guys. They've only gotten two the last two years, uh, signed two recruits uh, out of the receiver position the last two years. So they're going to have some numbers in this class. And Kenny Stills could be a guy that's kind of similar 
uh, to Ambles. Ambles is more physical. He's about 6'2", about 190 pounds, but he's not as fast. And USC likes that obvious speed. So you've got him. You've got Robert Woods. You've got a lot of guys that can play that slot, that Z position. And we've talked about that before. And so, you know, with this offer to Kenny Stills, you know, it kind of makes you wonder who's the guy that is getting cooled on a little bit. You know, it's a possibility it could be Ambles. All right, and then the last one, uh, he wanted to follow up on this. Uh, outside of Kyle Prater, is there any receiver on, in this class that could fill the same kind of role as a Mike Williams, Dwayne Jarrett, Keyshawn Johnson, that big guy? No. <laughs> Short answer is no. Uh, Kyle Prater is really the only guy at this point that's uh, over you know, 6'3", 6'4", that's actually being recruited that has an offer from USC. It's just not a lot a big split-in type, uh, you know, receivers out there, flankers, regardless of where you're going to put them, whether they got speed or not. There's just not a lot of guys who have that kind of size. So, no, there's not really anybody out there outside Kyle, and I don't necessarily see there being anybody outside him. I mean, even, you know, we watched him at the uh, underclassmen combine in San Antonio, and we're completely convinced that he was going to be a USC-level guy. I mean, everybody was raving about him and talked about him, but, you know, we've seen some pretty darn good big receivers come through USC, and that standard's pretty high. And so, you know, I, I, it's, it's going to be tough for them to find another guy who really kind of fits that mold. And a lot of schools are right now. You know, everybody's searching for that big 6'4", 200-pound kid who can actually run and be physical and, and get, you know, underneath on routes and, and be able to block out cornerbacks as well and get over the top of them. So it's, uh, just, it's not a year for that where you have big receivers everywhere. All right. Well, Gerard, thank you very much for your time, sharing all your recruiting insights. And, of course, like we said, check out uscfootball.com, especially this Friday in the War Room, all kinds of good stuff from Gerard on recruiting. Nobody knows more about USC recruiting than Gerard Martinez. Thanks again, man. No problem. Thank you. All right, everyone else, I wanted to thank our guests. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll be back next week talking more USC football. You've been listening to the Pear Style Podcast presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. And don't forget you can automatically download the podcast directly to your iPod or MP3 player for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.